This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, and happy Halloween. Welcome to another episode of After 9, everybody. Kat is going to be off for the next couple of days, and filling in for her, Dave Blizzard has graciously agreed to join us. How are you enjoying our grind? Oh, the grind is on, and then I get to grind afterwards, too. Yeah, I mean, you did show number one this morning on the beat. Now you're doing the pod, and then don't forget tonight, we've got the evening show on Fresh 93.1. That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> grind to grind to grind. I'm going to need a mouth guard when this is all done. How was your weekend? Uh, good, busy, busy weekend, getting ready for Halloween, um, and I didn't even really do much. <laughs> just one of those weird things. One of those ones where it just flies by, yeah. and you're like, what the hell was that? Yeah, I'm trying to limit myself to like one or two things a day, and just being like, okay, I, I accomplished something, and uh, I think I did those things, but still didn't feel like I did anything. I hosted the Milton Hospital Foundation Gala on Saturday night. First off, it was so, so, so well done. It's my fifth time hosting this event, and they told me, hey, you know, I mean, this is an anniversary for you. It's a milestone. It's your fifth time hosting, and you at our events over the years have now raised over $2 million, and I thought, wow, that's great, but I got to tell you, it is still bizarre to me that hospitals need to fundraise. Isn't that wild? And a lot of people don't realize that hospitals get funding for things like uh, doctor care and and we're buying new beds. Remember that? We've heard nothing but buying beds for the last two years. But there's a lot of equipment that they don't get funding for and that's what they have to fundraise for. Yeah, that's So right. when you see the Princess Margaret Home Lottery and the Sick Kids Lottery and all these other fundraisers that are happening, those are hospitals trying to raise funds. And, and before we get into the content for today, I just want to tell you about a story that I heard on Saturday. When the hospital foundation throws a fundraiser, it makes sense to invite their medical staff. So one of the doctors from the Milton Hospital got up to give a speech, and he told me before he went up, he was really nervous. I actually felt really bad for him because he's a doctor. He wants to be in an ER or in an operating room saving lives, not giving speeches to potential donors to try and raise money. The story he told actually moved me. He said it was about 10 years ago, maybe a little less, He was in the emergency room, and he was still a fairly young doctor. A man had come in, and he had a weird condition where his lungs were filling up with fluid, almost like an advanced rapid pneumonia. And he said, I remembered from my training that we can use this particular device, and and basically what that device does is it forces air into the lungs and thus forces the liquid out of the lungs. So it's a temporary stopgap to save somebody's life. That hospital didn't have one of those machines. Oh. So he said, we went to plan B. Then we went to plan C. We went to plan D. And he said, and I know, I mean, this is the part where you want me to tell you that when we tried plan E, it finally worked. And I'm not going to tell you that because he died. And Oof. I had to go out and tell his, his wife and his two young daughters that I did everything I could, but I couldn't save him. And what's frustrating for me and what still to this day bothers me is that for a piece of equipment that costs $50,000, 
that man could have been sitting here today. So the family found out about this and they led an effort to raise enough money for that particular hospital to buy one of those machines. So no other family goes through that. But again, government funding doesn't cap. Uh, cover the purchase of these machines so they have to raise money to do it and I don't think that that was the machine that they were trying to raise money for last night but I mean if if your hospital needs an MRI get fundraising because it's not coming from the government you've got to raise funds for your local hospital to have all the things that you expect your hospital to have well you know throughout the pandemic we did shows that celebrated the heroes that work the front lines the the medical staffs the the nurses and the doctors and that and we heard so many stories of people who were extended beyond their their normal capabilities, not simply because of space, but because of equipment and mm-hmm. because of a lack of beds, like you mentioned earlier. Um, During the pandemic, it was ventilators, right? Like we were yeah. ordering GM and Ford, shut down your auto plants and start making generators. Yeah, and, and it gets to the point where uh, you can't plan for everything, but a hospital should be state-of-the-art, Mm-hmm. front of the line ready to take you in and try to help with whatever ailment you have or in this particular case any life-saving help you need mm-hmm. ah that that's heartbreaking to, to hear that because i bet you like you said the fifty thousand dollar machine uh i bet you it's not even that big of a deal no I, I i don't think it is and you know what a lot of places have it but not everybody does and you have to prioritize the needs for your community so yeah. when that hospital that he was working at at the time decided okay we're gonna buy a I don't know, something for the Nick U. Okay, well, that means there's no budget to buy this machine that would have saved that man's life. Yeah. And it's, it's so sad. But anyway, thank you again to everybody who came out to that fundraiser. And I'm doing another one this coming Saturday for the Georgetown Hospital. Uh-huh. That's going to be at Lionhead in Brampton. We had distinctly different Saturday nights. You're at this beautiful gala, this fundraiser. And I was hosting an event at a club where a guy brought a live chicken with him. Oh, fuck off. Really? It's part of his costume. I dressed oh. up as Colonel Sanders. <laughs> and he, had a, he brought a live chicken with him. I don't know if he's a farmer by trade or what, but he showed up and he had like the, the most docile chicken I've ever seen. Just sat in his arm the whole night and he just walked around carrying this chicken and people were like, can I pet the chicken? He goes, yeah. And people were just like literally the sweetest they could be petting this nice chicken. And like, what is happening right now? What what kind of a life do I live that I'm in the building with a guy carrying a live chicken? What's happening? That's great. What a great costume idea. So he went as Colonel Sanders and brought a live chicken. Where do you even buy a live chicken? Like, would I mean. St. Jacob's Market? No, I don't <laughs> know. Go? That's what I mean. Like, I, I don't know if he has one. And, like, he's a farmer or something, but he had access to a chicken. And uh, he was happy to have his chicken with him unbelievable yeah that's great with the girls all over him oh yeah girls on halloween are very um bold uh yes it's <laughs> a good yep. way to put it's it a great way to put it so anyway we just had uh, distinctly different nights wow <laughs> <laughs> covering all the ends of the spectrum with a chicken that's amazing wow. okay so i was actually shocked last night i was waiting for the bills game to come on boom started getting some breaking news alerts and I saw initially QP had warned going on strike. We're in a legal strike position on Thursday. If this mediation doesn't work out, we're walking off the job on Friday. Well, rewind a bit because going back to the spring, one of the things that the provincial government has been saying is we will not allow any disruptions to the school year. They want kids in school. They want to get everybody caught up and, and they want this to roll seamlessly. The union has some demands. They want an 11.7% pay increase. The government 
was offering a 2% pay increase mm-hmm. if you make less than 44000 a 1.5% increase if you make more than 44000 So there's a lot of daylight between 117 and 2. Yeah, no kidding. And with the inflation and the cost of living going up, 2% is not enough. Well, I mean, I and I do tend to agree with you, and it seems like they're not very well paid depending on what. Because, I mean, this union, these aren't teachers. These no. are education workers. I, I'm glad you said that because that's something that I think needs some some clarification because I, I mean, social media is the cesspool of it. You get the worst of the worst. But there's people who are attacking teachers again. No, don't do that. This is, oh, oh the teachers want it again. They want it all, huh? They, well, well, they should suffer like the rest of us. And, and just disparaging teachers left, right, and center. You don't really work that hard and you get summers off. All, that, all the same trope you hear all the time about teachers. This isn't about the teachers. This has nothing to do with the teachers. No, these are, well, it's a weird union in that it covers so many different areas. Like this has everything from ECEs mm-hmm. to school custodians. And we've talked about this before. ECE should be a teacher. That's exactly that's what they are. Okay, well, now that this is going on, because the next element to my breaking news phone going off was the government has announced today in the legislature they're going to introduce back to work legislation that'll basically bind the union to take the latest contract offer from the government. It's basically forcing a contract on them. Mm -hmm. And the government did come up from their original position. They negotiated an extra half percent. So now it's a two and a half percent pay increase under forty four thousand and a 2% pay increase above 44000 It's a raise. It's 2 or 2.5% every year for the whole three years of the contract. Okay, so they are getting a raise. There is no more strike because it's been taken off the table, but even that could change. The union still has options. They're going to go to court. They're going to fight it, and they have taken the province to court in the last five years and won. That was a ruling that the uh, over the former liberal government So now they're probably going to take the Ford government to court. I don't know if they're going to win, but I do know that I don't think parents can take it to the bank that there's not going to be any job action. I mean, they could still walk. This legislation has to get completely rammed through before Friday or before Thursday, because Thursday they're in a legal strike position. And there's going to be objections, all kinds of things. This is already dividing people and pitting certain people against this union. Mm -hmm. The teachers' unions, they're still negotiating. We haven't heard anything from either side on that one. So I tend to think their negotiation is coming along a lot better. But let's be real. When you say we're going to legislate you back to work before you even go on strike to the ECEs and the custodians and secretaries and such, basically the teachers can read into that and say, well, they're going to do the exact same to us. So we better negotiate the best deal possible because if it comes down to it and we threaten to strike, they're going to legislate us back to work before we even walk. So that's basically where we're at. You had to know that Doug Ford was going to wear this one because he's the guy in charge. And what does Doug always say? The buck stops with me. Mm -hmm. Text me if you're mad. (laughs) So for those of you who have not joined Elon Musk's wonderland called Twitter, I was looking at one of Doug's tweets this morning. And have you got it up there? I do. It's a doozy. So first off, explain what the tweet is and how it has absolutely nothing to do with education. And then we're going to get into the comments. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. So 603 this morning uh, from at Ford Nation, a video. And the caption is one of my favorite traditions growing up was carving pumpkins. 
From my family to yours, wishing everyone in Ontario a happy and safe Halloween. And then he... Uh, That's obligatory, right? Like, yeah. I think all the leaders are going to put out a happy Halloween. Here's my favorite memory. Like, well, Trudeau will do something today with him carving a pumpkin with sure. the kids or whatever. Or dressed up in some sort of costume. <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> he, probably skip the costumes if I were him. Do you think um, his chief of staff has said, Justin, don't you tweet a goddamn thing without running it by us first? Do not dress up at all. <laughs> like, through the gritted teeth. Do not dress up at all. Wear a tie and shut your mouth today, Justin. Just dress up as the prime minister. <laughs> do that. Um, and stick with it. Okay, uh, so Doug's tweets. And again, yeah. this was just a happy Halloween yeah. tweet, but it was the first tweet he put out since Stephen Lecce, the education minister, announced they were going to legislate QP back to work. So two, two minutes and 36 seconds is the length of this video. And Doug is smiling. He's got a beautiful landscape behind him. He's wearing a Muskoka hoodie, so we get casual Doug uh, in this. And then I, I just decided that I got to scroll the responses. Now, I saw this tweet probably about 10 minutes after he tweeted it. It was early this it morning. It was super early. So right away, the first comment. So again, I'm going to read you the caption. One of my favorite traditions growing up was carving pumpkins from my family to yours, wishing everyone in Ontario a happy and safe Halloween. Would you like to hear just a little bit of it just so people can get an idea? Yeah, it's vintage Doug here, everybody. I mean, he is just in in all his Doug form. Listen to a bit of this. How you doing, everyone? We're at that time of season. It's pumpkin carving time. And I remember even when I was growing up and we'd get together and we'd have pumpkin carving contests and Everyone would uh, carve their pumpkin and have a great time. I carried that tradition on with my four girls. So we're gonna start off with making a little design here. Okay, this is like when he tried to show scary. people how to make cheesecake. Oh my and God. And he really just I opened up a can this. and poured it on top yeah. of some fucking cheese whiz. <laughs> Get some cheese, Get some cream cheese Always and you're good. be careful with these knives. <laughs> oh. Okay. And my favorite thing to always do is you get your hands in this gucky stuff here. And then separate the seeds. That's his favorite thing to do? Get his hands in the gucky that. stuff? And put them on a pan and put some salt all over them and then put them in the oven and you're going to have some great uh, pumpkin seeds. Um, getting ready for going out the trick-or-treat and put on all the, the costumes. And remember back in the day, here I go aging myself, but would get stuff from around the house. I think I was Batman one time. <laughs> And, uh, what the hell are you like talking? Batman and Superman, all the superheroes. <laughs> so that I was, was all fun. the superheroes. All of them at the same and time. we're going to take care of his nose. Uh, back then, he's well, really, growing up with the kids. He's, pause for a second. I'm fascinated by this. Am I, am I alone? He's kind of distracted because he's really trying hard not to fuck up this pumpkin. Like, he's digging the knife in there, and he's like, anyway, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, when I was a kid, and I used to be, like, a really, really big Batman. <laughs> I used to, I loved Batman, and, uh, yeah, and Superman, too, and maybe uh, Robin was good, and, you know, so often I dress up as the Joker, you know, just the, the villains were fun, too. Yeah, when it's not Halloween, I dress up like a woman That's and walk around the house. What the hell are you talking about, Doug? <laughs> uh, but you get the, like, the, the kind of spooky, like, Halloween fun music in the background and, and all that, and, look, it's all well and good. Uh, it's fine. Uh, you have to be a, pr a person of the people in this role. So uh, that's fine to put this out. People are saying he's tone deaf because of the announcement late last night from his, his education minister. Uh, uh, 
I, I understand why people would say that. I don't know that it's tone deaf because no matter what, it is Halloween and this video was clearly shot not this morning at yeah. 6 a.m. So it was ready to go. It was in the can. So I, I just want to yeah, play the end of this video because okay. it looks like he's wrapping it up here. And then we put the pumpkin seeds on the pan and put a ton of salt on them. <laughs> just the, the, the warnings. Before you eat your candy, get your parents to check them. And the best quality control people you could ever get is get your dad or your mom, grandfather, grandmother, to do the quality control check. And that's that was my job with the kids. And I'd always make sure the first one He's about to eat really a coffee good. crisp. No, he's not. Mm -hmm. yeah. Coffee crisp. Mm -mm. Tastes delicious. Oh, yeah. Oh, good quality. Oh! <laughs> good quality. Oh, boy. <laughs> Or if you go to the right houses, they may give you breakfast sandwiches, too. <laughs> Jesus, man. So I find the best place to trick-or-treat is at your local Tim Hortons. <laughs> I just stand in the drive-thru. <laughs> you go in there and slap a five down on the counter, and you get yourself something delicious. Trick-or-treat, goddammit. Um, yeah, okay. So the comments on Doug's Twitter. Yeah, the, f the very first one. <laughs> again, I'm going to go and say this again. One of my favorite traditions growing up was carving pumpkins from my family to yours, wishing everyone in Ontario a safe and happy Halloween. Comment number one, fuck off. <laughs> fuck you, Doug. Next one. Uh, one of my favorite traditions was fair collective bargaining. <laughs> Fuck you, Doug! Uh, um, oh my god. When Doug reads that, one of my favorite traditions was fair collective bargaining. He must be like, oh, fuck. Jesus. I just put up a. It was just carving a pumpkin just and eating happy a coffee. Halloween, curse. everybody, please. God. Uh, pretty sweet jack o' lantern, Dougie. Keep up the good work. Not. Oh. So that's someone who's uh, pulling out the not joke. Passive aggressive, too. Yeah. Uh, can we get can we get better health care and education is next. Uh, seriously, our health care and education systems are in crisis, and this is what he's promoting. Uh, to be fair, I don't know he was promoting anything other than just have a safe and happy Halloween. Uh, coffee Crisp got some pretty good exposure in that video. Nestle's like, please, why did you have to eat a Coffee Crisp? <laughs> why did you do that? <laughs> Watch the effort to cancel Coffee Crisp now. Yeah. That's uh, a conservative chocolate. Yeah. Let me see. Uh, oh, my God. There's so many now. Uh, people are dying. Uh, what else? Carve pumpkin. Uh, carve pumpkin, but don't do anything about collective bargaining. Makes sense. Uh, the pumpkin represents Ontario health care. Does he murder it and then privatize it? What's the next one? <laughs> Oh, man. Doug's going to privatize pumpkins now. Yeah. Like, listen, I understand. The, I understand the rage. I get it. I understand why people are mad, but it's it's just it's the I don't know if it's the wrong place or if there just is no place that is the right place and it's just going to be everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I'm trying to go through and find some of my favorite, but they're just refreshing so fast. Um, you are sickening. You make me sick. Here's another one. Uh, except you also carved up uh, the lives of people in Ontario the last few years like a coward. Oh, Jesus. It's just... Oh. Uh, I hope he doesn't read his own tweets. I, I hope he doesn't read the comments on his own tweets because that would be one of the most demoralizing things you can imagine. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the absolute shit is this post? Get to work, you gelatinous pile of uneducated uselessness. <laughs> 
<laughs> Who says that to another person? I don't know that I've ever referred to anyone as a gelatinous pile of uneducated uselessness. <laughs> you should quit and do this full time is what somebody else wrote. Uh, it's just endless. It's endless. You spineless loser. <laughs> People are just at it. Well, hey, I mean, people are angry. And certainly when you are in the collective bargaining process and you find out you're going to get legislated back to work before you even walk, I I can imagine people are quite angry about that. Now, I'm not in that situation, but a couple of things I'm going to point out here. It probably is time for you ECEs to get organized within your organization and find yourselves a new union because it appears that QP hasn't done a goddamn thing for you. If you wanted, if you're happy with two and a half percent, which was probably always going to be the number. I don't know why they asked for 11.7, but if you're sure there's a math uh, formula behind it. I'm sure there is. It was always going to be in and around two and a half percent, no matter what the union asked for. It would appear that the union overplayed their hand in this case or underestimated the province's resolve here in making sure that classes go on uninterrupted. So ECEs. I think you guys would be in a far better spot if you moved unions to the teachers unions, and I'm pretty sure they would take you. Now, as for QP itself, I, I, I feel bad for you. I mean, that's got to be frustrating. You thought you were going to be north of at least north of eight or nine percent when it was all said and done. Here you are at two and a half. And I understand the frustration. I totally do. But maybe since this negotiation was very unproductive, maybe the union should knock down their union dues for a couple of years to try and offset that a bit for you because I don't know what actually got accomplished here. Well, they're not done. So oh, this is true, too. If they, could, they could do a wildcat strike. They could do any number of things. I am not 100% confident that school's going to be in on Friday. I, I really don't know that it's going to happen. Last but, quote here. Can I give you this one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, somebody says, didn't watch the video, but here's what I imagine it said. <laughs> so that's a good setup. Today, I'm going to show you how to make my pumpkin spiced Bieber balls. <laughs> I, got, I got the recipe from Mr. Horton himself. Now, all I have to do is this, since I definitely don't have to go to some court hearing about truckers or something. Uh, that's great. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want to play this for you. It's a uh, TikTok about a situation that maybe you yourselves have found yourselves in, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm kidding. I don't think this happens very often, but it certainly is an interesting predicament. I'm going to let the girl in the video explain to you exactly what happened, and then we're going to discuss how it went down here because I'm not even 100% sure if I believe her. It could be that this is totally legit, but I really don't know. Today, I went to get a massage, not knowing I was going to a happy endings massage. Let's talk about it. It's a rub and tug for those who don't know. 
First off, I booked it at 9 p.m. They answered the phone at 9 p.m., which should have been a red flag, but I continued. I pull up. It doesn't look great, but hey, whatever. So I walk in. There are no doors, only curtains, which I'm a little nervous about. I definitely got hidden video camera vibes, so I even looked around for cameras and proceeded with the massage, which again, come on. Now, if you've ever gotten a massage, you know they always tell you to get undressed to your comfort level. So I always leave my underwear on. So I left my underwear on, <laughs> laid down. She comes in and really quickly rips my underwear down to my knees. And I was like, what's happening? Very uncomfortable. But to make matters worse, she folds back the sheet that's already very small. So I am completely exposed booty up. I freeze in this instance, I'm not going to lie. I am absolutely confused like I don't want to be rude if this is normal she then sits on my thighs <sighs> I reached down and pulled my underwear back up and I was like no thank you um just <laughs> just my shoulders please <laughs> the poor woman was very confused as to why I was not into this the massage was great once we established our boundaries I will say that I did not know you could search the internet for a list of these places to avoid them because I will say the happy ending for me was leaving and the not so happy ending was realizing that they were on that website and that I had indeed booked myself a happy ending massage. There was so many different red flags that I'm stunned that she actually made it through to the end of the massage. Her shoulders must have been hella sore. <laughs> <laughs> to ignore all of the signs from what, what the White Lotus, whatever it was called, <laughs> when you go in, all the windows are completely covered. There's uh, no doors, just curtains. No, there's like a list of people you can pick from to be your, your your RMT, and oh my god, every like every step of the way, there was something to tell you that this isn't going right. When the girl yanked your underwear down. And you're like, oh, all right, different strategy, different place. <laughs> Even if, that, if you've gotten that far and you still haven't figured it out. And then when she straddled you, you went, hmm, still doesn't feel right. <laughs> that's how they do massages now. If your shoulders hurt, they put a finger in your bum. Yeah, that's, that's, that's like acupuncture. <laughs> Put a needle behind your knee and your headache goes away. You know, and, then, and then now it's like, oh, yeah, we just uh, put a digit in. And then uh, next thing you know, your shoulders loosen right up. <laughs> but, I mean, she acknowledged that she was doing it. This is a little, little weird, but I kept going. What was it? She said, I booked a massage at 9 o'clock at night and they were open. And I'm thinking, yeah, but not re regular massage places are not usually open at 9 and certainly don't take same-day appointments at 9 at night. Usually not, no. Uh, and <laughs> It was the other giveaway when the RMT took her clothes off as well. <laughs> like, I, I, if there's an option for reverse massage, you should probably know that it's not an, like a straight up clinic. Huh? Why would an RMT want me to massage them? That's yeah. strange. There's showers in here. There's all kinds of stuff. Wait. So when you when you go to one of these places, and she's still, I think trying to, in her head, deny 
that she's accidentally booked herself into a rub and tub. Oh my gosh. You, you think she just was trying to convince herself otherwise? Yeah. Like, like no, this I looks like a rub and tug, but I'm going to pretend that no, it's normal, that I this is a legitimate business at this point. I didn't walk into this place. No, well, no, 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 no. Sorry, I should correct myself. They are legitimate businesses. A lot of them pay yeah. taxes and, and they have a commercial license and a license to operate. It's a, what is it, a body rub parlor license they've got? I don't know. I don't have one. So I could, <laughs> True. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you for sure what it's called, but uh, <laughs> still, you go in and you're like, none of this seems weird. None of it feels different at all. I'm going to assume that this person has had a massage before. I would think they've had a massage before. And I mean, like she said, they had spa music. What was I supposed to do? Right. You know, I could hear the waterfalls and the birds chirping. I just wasn't expecting her to rip my underwear off. It smelled like Jasmine. So I just assumed. (laughs) I don't even know. I guess it's fairly common now. Or is it that a woman would go into a, a massage parlor like that? I guess they have a plan for when women come in. It's it's probably not the same massage that a man would get because, well, most of the man massages in those places involve your penis. Yeah, yeah, right. And, and I don't think that that's what they're doing here when a girl goes in. So, like, was she going to make her roll over? Was she going to leave her there? I, I don't understand how the whole thing works. It was just like I, an office supplies kind of situation. Like, are they scissoring? Like, well, what's happening here? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. And For I, this I, massage, we need you to sit up and leave one leg off the table. Yeah, aim one <laughs> leg to the sky. <laughs> like, what is happening here? Uh, so at that point, she said, I'm just going to go ahead and finish it. And she got the shoulders done? Yeah. She said, no, no, just my shoulders, please. And she was right. The girl, the masseuse was probably like, I don't know what the fuck you're here for, but all right, if you want just your shoulders done, we'll just do your shoulders. And she said it actually turned out to be a good massage. That's when the masseuse is like, okay, so just so you know, I have to put you in a head scissor in order to give you this shoulder massage because it's the only way I know how to do it. And I'm like, oh, okay. All right, we'll try this different thing. You ever heard an offer that was just an amazing offer? However, there were so many restrictions that it turned out to not be a good offer. Oh, yeah. Let me give you an example of the latest one to fly across our desk. Frontier Airlines, an American carrier, is ready to debut a new all-you-can-fly pass next year that lets travelers journey to any of their destinations 300 days out of the year. Hmm. Anywhere you want. You wake up on a Tuesday and say to yourself, Feel like going to Boston for chowda. Let's go. And you can just go to the airport and jump a flight. I want to go see the Phillies play in the World Series. Exactly. Well, the airline's new Go Wild Pass is going to debut in the spring. And there's a couple of catches. If you sign up, they say you need to be very, very flexible as confirmations for your flight will only come out the day before you take off. So it's not like you can say... Yeah, you know what? I think I'm going to book a vacation and go to uh, Turks and Caicos over the the new year. No, you got to be ready to drop what you're doing. You got to be ready to drop what you're doing because you won't get the confirmation that you're actually on that flight until the day before it flies. Do you ever have a time in your life where you can plan a trip the next day? I mean, I've done last minutes and last minutes is in like, you know what? It's Tuesday. That's a whim. I'm off this week. Let's go to the Bahamas for the weekend. And you can pick up sometimes a nice cheap last minute. In this case, I don't think that's what's happening. I don't know how no. you can use this. You couldn't even wake up today and say, I'm going to fly to Hawaii today. Nope. You will find out if you can get on that flight the day before it takes off. I think I'm going to take off and go to San Antonio. Are you sure? It's basically what they're saying. Are you sure? And then 
the next step I would imagine is you race your ass to the airport. Basically, and that's what you have to do. They say people who have this go wild pass could be booted off of a flight if all the seats are booked by other paying passengers. What? The passes will therefore be ideally suited for an adventurous soul who is flexible with scheduling. And doesn't mind sleeping in an airport when we kick you off the plane so somebody else can go. So is that a thing? Like if a plane's got 100 seats and you think, all right, I've got my way onto it. But they sell 100 seats. You didn't pay for it. You were using a pass. So they'll actually kick you off the flight. But I'm assuming you paid for the pass. Yes. But they haven't said how much it's going to cost. But you would buy the pass. So you buy the pass. And then you're told it's not good enough. No. No, it's not. How many different restrictions are you willing to put up with? I love the idea of an unlimited pass, but holy shit, I need a little bit more certainty than that. Yeah, if they're just going to say, well, yeah, you know what? You're stuck. Uh, we, we sold out the flight and you're just going to have to wait. I, I'm not interested in sitting at the airport for an extra eight hours for the next plane to come around. Call me crazy, but that seems like a scam, you know? It's, yeah. Uh, but Frontier is a reputable airline. I'm surprised they're even doing that. Air Canada had some, uh, a pass that they used for a while and they got rid of it. I'm assuming because it just people used it and they don't want people to do that. They'd rather have your money and not give you anything when you have to use those flights. Not so much. That's when the door closes. You end up trying to go to a, a big destination and I, I can't remember ever going to a major hub where the plane wasn't sold out. Mm-hmm. Just about every time you get lucky, perhaps. That you that you somebody doesn't get their flight or something like that, but that's not exactly by design. So if I go to the airport, I go through the whole hassle of going through the security, all of that stuff, get my boarding pass, and then find out, hey, yeah, so uh, uh, we sold your seat. Mm. I'd be livid. I'd be livid too. Uh, one of the best things I'd ever seen was I was in Atlanta. And there was a flight at 1130, 1230, 130, and 230 from Atlanta to Toronto. They came on and they said, uh, our 1130 flight is oversold. So we're looking for volunteers ah, yes. to take the 1230 flight or the 130 flight and you'll be compensated. So one of the guys that I was traveling with went up to the desk and said, just want to know, like, when you say compensated, what do you mean? Because I can be a little more flexible in my day and maybe take a later flight. They gave him $900 US to take a flight that was an hour later. Oh my God. Okay. He, he took like, the yeah, money okay. and he's like, fucking right. I'll see you in yeah, an hour. Yeah, no kidding. He, uh, he got lucky there. Some of these airlines just throw away money and they don't give a shit. It's not their money. Well, you want to know, 800 bucks, 900 bucks? Sure. There you go. How do you have a book? I, you know how many seats you have. I know that. You know, they know which plane's flying, how many seats are on it, how many are sold. That should tell you how many are left, but they're always oversold. But one of the things that always shocks me about this is, And it's legit. All the airlines oversell their flights because it's remarkable how many people book a flight and then don't show up for it. What are they? They're paid, though. They're They're paid paid. for. Like, I just, uh, it drives me nuts. It's hard enough to travel. And then when you're going to go throw all those extra little things in there, it makes it even worse and and less likely to ever want to travel. I guess, as I mentioned before, like those major hubs, I don't remember the last time I wasn't on a sold out flight. Mm -hmm. And if I want to go to Wichita, then okay. Wichita. There's an obscure reference. I I guess I can go to Wichita. What's up, Kansas? Yeah. How you been? Uh, But that's, I was hoping to go to Los Angeles. (laughs) (laughs) Just get me somewhere close and I'll figure it out when I get there. From there. But you have to be that absolute loose. And who has the money to be that loose? With traveling. Mm. Ah, you know what? I'll show up at the airport tomorrow and uh, I'll just go wherever I go. 
Tomorrow on After 9, we're going to talk about a couple of things, including the latest from the inquiry into the use of the Emergencies Act in Ottawa. This week's going to be fascinating because you get the rest of the testimony from former Chief Peter Slowly. Then you get some of the convoy organizers like Tamara Leach and Chris Barber could be called as early as today. What the hell's going to come out of their mouth? I am here for it. I'm going to be watching that with popcorn in my hand. They have not slept in weeks because they've been prepping them. Oh, they are so well prepared for this. They're ready for anything. Don't say a word that isn't in this script. It's going to be fascinating. So we'll talk about that. And uh, I also want to get caught up on Elon because Elon seemed to be doing and saying a lot of the right things. And then just this weekend, he sent out a tweet that linked to an article that suggested the husband of Nancy Pelosi, Paul Pelosi, who was attacked by an intruder in their home with a hammer, that he was actually in a fight with a gay lover or a gay prostitute. That was completely, it it was just a made-up story. That's not what happened here. However, Elon tweeted out the link, and now some are saying he should be canceled or kicked off of his own platform. (laughs) Spreading misinformation. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of misinformation being spread all over the place. So we'll get into that and more. Have yourselves a happy Halloween, everybody. Be careful out there, and... I think that's it. Uh, Listen to the evening radio show tonight if you can. Six till nine on Fresh 93.1 Barry's Hit Music. That's 93.1 FM. Have a great day. Bye. This is expected to be the biggest Halloween since the pandemic. Yeah. That's right. Now that COVID is under control, kids can safely return to eating food from strangers. That's what I'm talking about. People are uh, going all out. I saw that costume spending alone projected to hit a record of $3.6 billion. To put that in perspective, that's almost half as much as Kanye lost this week. $3.6 billion. Kanye is a hot water boy. He has lost his deals now with Adidas, Balenciaga, Gap. Yesterday, his mic dropped him. He's, he's seen his net worth plummet to a fraction of what it was. Which, uh, the bright side, he doesn't have to worry about, uh, you know, all those gold diggers. A new study finds that during the pandemic, students' math scores dropped by almost 10%. Wow, so more than half. <laughs> the After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.